helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Hello there, everyday Americans. You've joined us here at the Constitution Study. My name is Paul Engel. I'm glad you could join me today. As we look into the new year, well, what do we have in store? What 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 can we be focusing on? Well, one of the lines I use all the time is, how can you tell when a politician is lying? The answer I get most often is some version of their lips are moving. And I often talk about, you know, well, what does that say about the American people? That we knowingly hire liars, cheats, and thieves to represent us, and the ones that do it the best seem to hang around the longest. Well, let's look at some at another way. You see, there, there's little in our lives worth less than, than a campaign promise. Yet the American people seem to fall for these fake promises year after year after year. I don't just mean that people vote for those who are lying to them, but we, we seem to get so wrapped up in their deceptions, we actually believe they're true. Look at the immigration crisis in our more progressive cities and states. What a tangled mess of, of accusations, recriminations, and well, basically the rewriting of history. Then there's a numerous web of often contradictory regulations that entangle every aspect of our lives, or at least they try to. All of the lies, scaremongering, and influence peddling that we have allowed our governments to weave has turned into an American legal, judicial, and political system in, into a, just a web of deceit most of us think that it's impossible to get out of. But is that true? So today, I want to take a look at the, the tangled web we've woven and then see what we can do to possibly get ourselves out of it. Let's start with the, the immigration crisis. Of course, I don't even want to use that word anymore. It's become so uh, misused. So once again, Mayor Adams of New York City said that, uh, you know, it, it, it's all federal government's fault. It's Biden's fault because they will not help us with the influx of Ill illegal immigrants into the city. Now, according to Mr. Adams, said that his fellow Democrats underestimated the impact that illegal immigration would have on their city. And he did warn the New Yorkers to brace for some painful budget cuts. They've already had some, but he said they've, they've got to do something to pay back the debt created by these illegal immigrants. Uh, during an interview with uh, local television station WPIX-TV, I used to watch that when I was a little kid, he said you know, the, the, um, that there was at one, a low of 150,000 migrants and asylum seekers, and that that really... That really put a pinch in, in, in the operations of the city. But what's interesting is that everything is on the table when discussing what they would cut to pay these debts. He says, but we want to minimize the impact to lower-income New Yorkers, our educational institution, our public safety, and keeping our city's streets. He says, everything is on the table. Hmm. I don't really think everything is on the table. Because the one thing I haven't heard him say one little bit is, um, we're canceling or at least suspending our sanctuary city policy. 
we're going to stop say, giving incentive for, well, they call them illegal immigrants. They're illegal aliens um, because many of them are not here. Understand, I use that word specifically because an immigrant is someone who wishes to move here permanently versus someone, uh, say, an asylum seeker who's simply fleeing a bad situation or just an alien, which is anybody who uh, is a citizen of another country legally, or as the 14th Amendment puts it, um, uh, uh, subject to the jurisdiction of another country. But here's the other one line that, that Mr. Adams used, uh, I thought was interesting. He says, our insurance policy was the federal government. They're not paying us. So everything in that household is going to be impacted. Oh, so you, city of New York, not necessarily Mr. Adams, you established a policy that said, come on in. We don't care if you came here legally or not. Um, if you're here, we will house you. We will feed you. And then when people actually took them up on the offer, they're actually expecting the federal government to bail them out. Now, a lot of this comes from a general misunderstanding that uh, the idea that immigration is a federal issue. Check the Constitution. Immigration is not a power delegated to the United States. Naturalization, the establishing rules of naturalization are, but not immigration. So, yeah, th this idea that, well, you're just a subdivision of the federal government, and therefore, if you get in over your head, do whatever you want, but if you get in over your head, uh, Uncle Sam's going to come and bail you out. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of the structure, the legal structure of this country. But it also shows a fundamental misunderstanding of the basic civics, not just in, in, from Mayor Adams, but from a large majority of the American people. See, what, what uh, New York City is dealing with is a small fraction of what other cities and states in actual border towns have had to deal with for years, understand illegal illegal migration, illegal aliens, uh, illegal entry to this country is nothing new. What's happened is a combination of the laws of the United States and the policies of the current administration have taken it to the next level. It's taken it from a a problem to a catastrophe. So according to data from Statista. Um, Apprehension, apprehensions and expulsions registered at the U.S. border by, year, by fiscal year from 1990 to, oh, say about mid-2000s or 2005 or so, averaged about 1.1, 1.2 to as high as 1.6 million per year. Then there was a decline. We got down into the, the 400,000 range, right? So from 2011 through 2017, it was 400,000, well, 480,000 or less. Now, we saw a spike in 2019 of 859,000, but then it jumped back down to 405,000 in 2020. Now, since 2020, 2021 was 1.6 million. So in 2020, 405,000. Biden comes into office, puts his policies in place. 2021, 1.66 million. 2022, 2.214 million. I haven't got the numbers yet for 2023, but the last numbers I've seen, they were approaching 3 
million. Now, this is a uh, uh, this this you would call a clue. This is this is data saying something changed between 2000 and 2021 that's led to an explosion in apprehensions and expulsions by border patrol. That's policy. That that's policy established by, or I would say it's it's, it's policy established by um, the Biden administration. It it correlates very very well. And again, not just in date, but in rhetoric, right? What's been you know, Biden's uh, point of view is, is you, you, we're not going to enforce the law at the border. We're not going to put up fences. We're not going to do these things. There's a correlation there. So that shouldn't be a surprise. But New York City is not the only place to um, have to deal with this problem. The state of Massachusetts is going to spend close to a billion dollars on emergency shelters in this coming fiscal year just to to deal with the increase in uh, illegal aliens. Um, and this is, by the way, is on top of the state's already rising costs. So you kind of have a, a, a double whammy there, right? You've got more people, many of them coming here illegally and, you know, and, and, and need, uh, uh, they, they don't have a home, they're homeless. Along with the increasing costs of living, of just housing, especially in the Boston area. And guess what? It costs a lot more money. And the people of the state of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, well, they're going to have to cough up the funds. But remember, it was the policies of their elected officials that put this situation in place. Latest to add its name to the roles of uh, cities being uh, overwhelmed by a surge of uh, uh, of of migration of illegal aliens. Well, that's Detroit. Well, I don't actually have numbers on on the number of um, people here illegally heading to Detroit. They are already reporting their uh, uh, many of their shelters are running well overcrowded. Um, they talk about one shelter that has space for fifty people that's currently supporting seventy four. That uh, Elizabeth Orozco Vasquez, who's the executive director of Freedom House Detroit, said that they don't have beds for all the people that are showing up. To uh, paraphrase uh, a line from the original Top Gun, uh, these cities have written checks. Their their uh, their checkbooks can't cash. They don't have the money to do what they said. Well, we want to want to do this. And remember, they're dealing with a fraction of the problem at the border. That should be a wake up call. See the 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 tangled web of home homeless shelters and funding and and the services and budget cuts and begging Uncle Sam for money, it all comes from the lie that says, hey, just come over here and everything will be fine. We will take care of you. Now, remember, the people who made that promise work for the people they represent, the people of New York City, the people of Massachusetts, the people of Detroit, and yes, the people of the United States. They made those promises in our name. They lied. They practice deceit, right? What's the line? Uh, what, what a tangled web we weave when at first we practice to deceive. They deceive. Now, some of them may have done, done it for humanitarian reasons, others for political reasons. But their deception has led to a tangled web of a mess that we're going to have to deal with. And if history is any guide, 
um, at some point, we're just going to throw up our hands, say no mas, and give in and find some way to pretend that these people who entered here illegally, we'll, we'll just forget about it for a while. We'll pretend it didn't happen. We'll give them some form of, of amnesty, and that'll quiet things down for, oh, a decade or two, and then we'll do it all over again. And here's another tangled web. So uh, I was listening to uh, a news report this morning. Yes, there are a couple I do listen to uh, by, by podcast. And they were pointing out that uh, Biden's poll numbers among Muslims is in trouble in large part because it's, quote unquote, support for Israel. <laughs> Calling that support is, well, maybe damning with faint praise. But it brings out a very interesting uh, uh, deception. You see, there's been a movement in this country for decades to claim that the, the Palestinians are basically pure as a wind-driven snow, to forget every evil thing done in the name of the Palestinians, and blame everything on the Jews. It, it's, I've watched it. I remember as a, as a kid watching news programs showing a, a, what was called a bombed-out building when you find when they showed the original picture, though, they would show that, well, no, it was one apartment in an apartment building that was being used to build bombs or to, to run terrorist operations. Uh, now, listen, I'm not saying the Israelis are pure as a wind-driven snow either. But, you know, let, let's face it, people who keep telling the Israel that Israel must end the war and sue for peace kind of forget to be asking the Palestinians to do the same thing. And this um, deception, this, this, this practice of deceit has some very dangerous consequences, and not just for the people in the Middle East. Over the uh, uh, first um, few weekends, uh, early weekends in, in December, there are reports of over 200 bomb threats against synagogues in the United States. Now, listen, if you want to hate the Jews, we live in a quasi-free country. Go ahead and hate the Jews. I, 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 as long as you don't harm people, as long as you don't infringe on their rights, go ahead. Um, I think you're evil, but that's my opinion. But when it gets to the point of threatening other people, this gets back to the the uh, um, three university presidents and the the questioning, you know, uh, calling for the ex the the, the uh, extermination of the Jews. I want specifics. All right, um, bomb threats. Bomb threats are a specific. Even, you know whether you do it or not. A bomb threat is a specific attack, and needs to be dealt with. But this tangled web of a mess really comes back in in large part, not completely, but in large part, to the the practice of deceit about the history of Israel, the history of the people who call themselves Palestinians, and the very facts on the ground. When, when people who claim that, you know, the, the Hamas did not attack Israel on October 7th, that, uh, you know, raping and, and, and killing and, and whole families was, was a justified reaction to the quote-unquote occupation of land that Israel does not occupy, um, that deception has consequences. And the tangled web of a mess we are living with 
in large part has to deal with our in a, of many Americans in unwillingness, in some cases even being trained to ignore the 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 reality of what's happening and simply listen and follow the deceit. It's why when people challenge, I keep going, where's your evidence? Show me the proof. I want documentation. Because just because you say something doesn't mean it's true. And I've heard a lot of that recently. A lot of people saying, well, this is true because, well, because, because. Oh, well, where's your evidence? Well, so-and-so said so. Well, where is, where's his evidence or her evidence? Well, uh, you, you can't expect, you need to go find that evidence. No, that's not, that's not the way reality works. That's the way fantasy land works. Listen, I have to take a break. Before I do, though, I hope you'll join me by making AmericaOutloud.news a daily stop for news and information. Get different points of views, different angles on what's going on so that we can identify the deception and then inoculate ourselves against it. But I want you to do more. See, it's one thing to go there and look. It's one thing to go there and read. It's something else to share. We are all taught as kids, right? It's the right thing to do to share. All right, maybe I don't want you to share your germs, but I do want you to share this information. I want you to find the articles, the podcasts, things that really touch you. Maybe a video or or, or a, a story, something that says something you find important, and I want you to share it. Share it with friends. Share it with family. Share it with social media. I don't care how big a following you have. It's the act of sharing that is the act of helping to secure the blessings of liberty for all of us. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Lean, pure, with premium ingredients, Global Healing's Pure Plant Protein offers 20 grams of protein per scoop, and it's a perfect way to maintain and build lean muscle while indulging yourself. It combines enzymes and probiotics to maximize nutrient absorption, improving digestion, and your gut health. Available in vanilla and chocolate flavors, elevate your protein consumption while supporting your overall wellness with pure plant protein. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. How can you improve your odds of staying healthy? The answer is stay healthy with Cofix RX. Who's got time for a cold, strep, a flu, HRV, RSV, or COVID anyhow? Cofix has some great news. Besides being featured as a top five product in the drugstore news, we completed the protocol that you've heard Dr. McCullough talk about. Cofix RX is already famous for a powerful virus hostile nasal solution, and now we have a throat spray too. Crush those nasty germs before they become a problem. With known antiviral support ingredients like povidone iodine, xylitol, and vitamin D3, you can feel a little safer. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order, 
you'll receive 25% off the entire purchase. Just click the Cofix RX banner on the America Out Loud website or store. Be sure to use promo code OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Don't forget, OUTLOUD25 at checkout. Welcome back, everyday Americans who rejoin the Constitution study. Today, we're talking about the tangled web we've woven from the lies and deceits that have become so common in, in our lives. And you know, I, I was very happy just before the holidays. I live outside of a small city in Middle Tennessee, and that city got its very first Chick-fil-A. I love Chick-fil-A. They have great chicken sandwiches. They have great customer service. They have got take. Uh, they've got the drive-through window down to a science. So I love you. Of course, it does mean I'm going to have to be careful of watch my watch my waistline here. Um, yes, I'm in shape. Round is a shape. But uh, so we're very happy. It's been very busy, um, and, and uh, we're very happy to have Chick Fil A. But see, there are people that don't like one of the things that Chick Fil A stands for. Um, Chick Fil A. Is not open on Sundays. They're famous for being closed on Sundays. Whether it's uh, the, I've seen people write stories about it. I've seen comedians write songs about it. I've driven on the interstates where you see the little signs that say, you know, restaurants coming up, and you see a Chick Fil A that says right there, closed on Sunday. They're famous for it. Uh, apparently, the New York State Assembly doesn't like that fact. Now. For those who don't know, I lived most of my life in upstate New York. I was born in New York City, moved upstate when I was 10, outside of Albany. And I worked through there for decades. I was on, I used to drive all across the state. Uh, I've been to every point of the state, you know, from Plattsburgh to New York City, from, uh, you know, Albany to Buffalo and Niagara Falls multiple times. And of course, you're traveling the New York State Thruway. So they have these rest stops. And the rest stops have fast food joints in them. And uh, apparently, after I left, the rest stops actually started hosting Chick-fil-A. Now, again, people like Chick-fil-A. They like the food and everything. But apparently, the democratically controlled New York State Assembly doesn't like the fact that Chick-fil-A, because of the belief of their owners, is closed on Sunday. So when the uh, the assembly starts uh, took up the uh, rest stop restaurant act, they basically said, "Listen, they, they would require all fast food companies on the New York State Thruway rest areas or in any part of the Port Authority in, of New York, New Jersey, to be open seven days a week." Now, now the bill says, "While there is nothing objectionable about a fast food restaurant closing on a particular day of the week." Service areas dedicated to travelers is an inappropriate location for such a restaurant. Publicly owned service areas should use their space to maximally benefit the public. Allowing for retail space to go unused one-seventh of the week or more is a disservice and unnecessary inconvenience to travelers who rely on these service areas. And like so many deceptions, there is maybe a small kernel of possible truth. For example, imagine... You are going down the thruway. It's uh, late one evening, and uh, you come to a rest area, and the only fast food joint in that rest area, the only food you can get is Chick-fil-A. And you look at the sign going, oh, it's Sunday. 
that's a situation where, you know what? Chick-fil-A would probably not be the right solution for that rest area or that service area in that particular place. Because that's not what the restaurant stop, the Rest Stop Restaurant Act wants. They say, no, you, 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 if you won't be open seven days a week, we don't want you. Let's face it, this is an anti, this is a, a subtle anti-religious uh, bigotry. Right? They say there's nothing objectionable about fast food places closing on a day of the week. Then why are you objecting to it? Not because, you know, and again, it's this this fallacy of, uh, well, you know, hey, it's it's it should be open for everybody because it's publicly used. Well, then again, okay, so maybe if you've got a rest stop or a service area that only has one fast food joint, Chick-fil-A would not be your best solution. Pick somebody else. Contract with somebody else for that location. But I can't think, I'm, I'm sure they're out there, but most of the restaurants I remember stopping at had three or four different choices. And you know what? Not all of them are always open. This is nonsense. They say any day of the week, right? So, okay, so you're telling me that um, if you had a, a Muslim stand that, that, that served uh, halal food, and um, they said, we're not going to be open Fridays because it's our holy day. Or if you had a, a kosher deli that said, we're not going to be open on Saturdays, which one of those do you think would not get a contract from the uh, New York State Thruway? But here's the interesting thing. I, I want to requote this. Publicly owned service areas should use their space to maximally benefit the public. That's the assumption that if you're closed one day a week, you're not bringing in as much revenue, as much opportunity. Um, I hate to tell the uh, the New York State Thruway Authority or the Assembly of the State of New York, look at the numbers. See, for some reason, um, Chick-fil-A uh, makes more money six days a week than a lot of these places make seven days a week. And if they, if you, if you signed a, a let's say a short term contract with with Chick Fil A, stating that um, we'll give you a try and see does it work, does it not work, and if it doesn't work, then don't renew the contract. Give them a one year contract. If it doesn't work, no, this has nothing to do with the effectiveness. This, I mean, let's face it, Chick Fil A has been under attack for decades, for quite a while from from what I remember. And here's the one thing I want you to remember. Every time I've seen somebody go, a group go after Chick-fil-A, after every boycott threat, after every complaint of the fact that they provide free food to different events that somebody doesn't like, the takeout lines, the drive-through lines at Chick-fil-A got longer. So maybe this is maybe the, the people who submitted this bill really like Chick-fil-A. And they're just trying to boost their business by attacking them politically. Might be a little bit of reverse psychology. Okay, let's head over, head over the the other coast where I believe it or not, I actually agree with Governor Newsom. I know you're shocked. Get up off the floor. I actually agree, but listen to why. See, in the legislature, Senate Bill five nine six passed through the, the California legislature and went to the governor for signature, and he rejected it. He vetoed it, and. Um, the reason is is why 
according to the uh, the notes from the the California um, the, the the legislative website, um, he said, uh, "I am returning bill Senate Bill five nine six without my signature." This bill will make it a misdemeanor to cause substantial disorder at any meeting of the governing board of a school district, the governing body of a charter school, a county board of education, or the state board of education. This bill also specifies that a person who subjects a school employee to threats or harassment while the employee is away from a school site or after school hours for reason related to the school's course, the employee's course of duties would be guilty of a misdemeanor. He goes on. Credible threats of violence and acts of harassment, whether directed against school officials, elected officials, or members of the general public, can already be prosecuted as crimes. As such, creating a new crime is unnecessary. Well, I agree, Mr. Newsom. In fact, I would call it the, the, what they were trying to do was harassment. They, 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 we, they, they tried to create a special situation where, you know, you, you know, again, equal protection under the law, you. You get some level of protection, but if you happen to be uh, at, on a school board and uh, you don't like what people are saying about you, uh, you could call that uh, harassment. You could certainly call that, uh, you know, threats. If you just work at the school and, and uh, you know, maybe you do something that, that people don't like and, and uh, you know, after work, somebody uh, chides you about it, we'll just make it a... Uh, an extra an enhanced crime. So believe it or not, I actually agree with Mr. Newsom. I know a lot of people who, I should say, I've heard of several people who are uh, upset, basically because, well, if Governor Newsom did it, um, basically it, it's got to be bad. No, I think Governor Newsom got it right. I think it's the state, the California state legislature that got it wrong because what they wanted to do was, uh, and again, you have to be very careful. Look at what people are calling harassment. I disagree with you. That's harassment. Very dangerous situations. I agree here. I, in fact, I would bet that there's probably enough laws in in California that uh, pretty much everything could be considered harassment, and everything could lead to uh, some sort of of fine, crime, or jail time. While we're in California, let's look at another bill: California Assembly Bill Five Eight Seven, which basically allows the the state to review and dictate the terms for social media companies to deal with. Um, content moderation. It basically requires social media companies to disclose to the public um, their content moderation policies. But it goes beyond that because it also requires companies to include certain content. The, the state gets to decide what content must be included in said moderation-related po moderation policies. Now, the judge, uh, a U.S. federal U.S. judge, U.S. District Judge William Shubb, um, said, uh, yeah, you know, there are issues, but it, it, it is justified. He's he, quoting, uh, while the reporting requirement does appear to place a substantial compliance burden on social media companies, it does not appear that the requirement is unjustified or unduly burdensome within the context of First Amendment law. All right, we're dealing with a judge, which means he obviously doesn't has never read the First Amendment since the First Amendment's five, first five words says, Congress shall make no law. Congress didn't make this law. But as Twitter, or I should say X, who filed a lawsuit said, um, it violates the California law because it, it regulates freedom of speech. 
it, it requires the, uh, uh, the the company under state direction to modify its editorial judgments and, uh, again, violates the Constitution of California. Now, I, I agree that uh, uh, the, the uh, social media company should disclose their moderation policies in the terms of service, which you have to agree to before you join. It's the state telling these companies what they must include that, to me, is a is a constitutional problem. Not under the First Amendment, at least not in the United States. It's under the Constitution of California. But it does violate the 14th Amendment and the Fifth Amendment because you're depriving these people of their... Pro the owners of Twitter and all the other social media companies, you're depriving them of liberty. You're depriving them of their property without due process of law. Now, where's the deception in these, um, these, these programs that I, and, and, and articles I've talked about? Well, let's start with the idea that government's role is to control your life. So you go back to the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. The purpose of government is not to protect you, it's not to provide for you, it's not to make you happy and comfy, it's to secure your rights. And you cannot secure your rights legitimately by taking away the rights of someone else. You don't have the right to get a good chicken sandwich on Sunday. You don't have a right to require them to be open so you can go there. You don't have the right to... Uh, get the government to tell a third party what how they're going to moderate their content. Uh, you have the right to do business with them or not, but you don't have the right to tell them how to do business. And you don't have the right to uh, uh, not hear things you don't like just because you have a certain job. That's the, 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 you know, the Those are not rights. That's an infringement on someone else's right. Now, if you don't like what they say, that's fine. And there are laws for, for, for harassment. But just look at how, again, parents who disagreed with school board decisions forcefully and voicefully have already been attacked. You don't have the right to be secure from disagreement. And this web of lies, this, these deceptions have turned uh, the American people in large part into wimps, into overgrown children who can't hear a bad word or at least can't be disagreed with without just breaking down into tears and wanting to sue someone. This is the tangled web we've woven by the deception of what the Constitution actually says. Things like the First Amendment protects free speech from government infringement, or from state infringement, I should say. That uh, you have a right not to be offended. That you can have your own truth and, and everybody has to agree with it or else. This group of lies have led us into a really tangled web. And, well, if we don't start breaking free of it, we're going to be, we're just going to get eaten up by whatever spider happens to be pulling the strings at that point. Now, I have to take another break. Before I go, though, I hope you check out the website, constitutionstudy.com. Find out more. I've been redoing my mailing list. So I've refreshed my, my insider, my monthly newsletter. Uh, even if you get the post delivered to you, I've, I've refreshed them all. So give them a shot. Go to constitutionstudy.com. 
sign up for one of the newsletters, and keep an eye out. Check out the Patriots program. I'm going to be doing some boot camps via Zoom this year. At least that's my plan. So you can find that all right there at the website, constitutionstudy.com. And I hope you'll join, and I hope you'll support the work that we're doing here. It takes a lot of time and effort and money to do this, and uh, we could use all the people joining us and supporting us both physically, monetarily, and spiritually that we can. Now, one of the things that people really look forward to, something that, that we often make resolutions about beginning of the year, is to start sleeping better. Get a good night's sleep, because sleep, well, it's crucial to leading a healthy life. Sadly, some of the remedies people use to help them fall asleep can actually cause other problems. Everything from, you know, alcohol-based solutions to, well, even hormonal supplements like melatonin can have other side effects. Well, the people at the Wellness Company have come up with a solution. It's called Restful Sleep. It uses natural ingredients to calm your mind, to reduce stress, so you can get a better, more restful night's sleep. Vegetarian, gluten-free, and made right here in the USA. It's backed by documented research, and it's vetted by the chief medical board of the Wellness Company. Restful Sleep works. You can get 25% off of your products and your first month of membership at the Wellness Company by using the code out loud. Find out more at americaoutloud.shop. But please check out Restful Sleep and all the other great products at the Wellness Company. But to get that 25% off your, your products and your first month of membership, use the code out loud. Find all the details at americaoutloud.shop. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. AmericaOutloud.news was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Today's high-stress, on-the-go lifestyle makes it hard to stay heart-healthy. Lifestyle changes like exercise and diet are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support three aspects of heart health, cholesterol, blood pressure, and triglycerides, with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill, it's a patent-pending gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients. You would need to take 13 pills to get the same amount of nutrients in each gel pack. And these great-tasting gels come in a small packet. Tear off the top, shoot it down, or mix it in water. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. The pandemic may be over for some, but millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of toxic spike protein from COVID-19 and the vaccines. You've heard Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company discuss the harmful effects of spike protein in your body. And now they found the solution, the miracle enzyme natokinase. Their spike support formula contains natokinase the most compelling and scientifically supported approach to safely clear spike protein out of the body. 
What's more, spike support is optimized with other all-natural, non-GMO ingredients, like dandelion root, to help prevent spike protein from binding to your cells. Everyone should take daily spike support so you can feel your best. America Out Loud listeners can go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Welcome back, Everyday Americans, to rejoin the Constitution Study. Today, we're looking at the tangled web we've created when we've deceived ourselves or been deceived by others when it comes to the law, the Constitution, pretty much just about everything. For example, you've heard about the Department of Energy's rules trying to get rid of uh, natural gas and similar uh, products. And again, this is in a list of, of things, you know, from... Um, gas-powered appliances, uh, 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 lawn tools, uh, water heaters, you name it. It's this idea that, uh, again, it's all based on the lie of climate change, the myth of climate change, which, by the way, I plan on dealing with more tomorrow. So uh, if you want to hear more, maybe you want to check that one out. Uh, But it, it, it was interesting. Here's the point that I want to bring up today. So the American Gas Association, the AGA, has fired a, filed a legal challenge to these regulations. And you say, yay, that's great. Well, not so much. See, reading from a news release from the, the American Gas Association, says, AGA has attempted to work with the Department of Energy to address the rule's profound impact on consumers and homeowners with a solutions-oriented approach to energy conservation that protects consumers and ensures continued availability of low-cost, low-emission natural gas furnaces. All right, at this point, I just got to yell, bingo! I mean, when I was in corporate America, we used to play buzzword bingo, right? You'd get a bunch of buzzwords, and it was you'd just wait to see how many of them would be, would be used in any particular meeting. This is word salad. This says the AGA said, we're not trying to stop this. We're just trying to, to tweak it so that it doesn't hurt so bad. Continuing from the news release, unfortunately, our 114 pages of comments have merely been ignored. This, by the way, is according to the president of the AGA, uh, President and CEO Karen Harbert. And the, the release tends to go on to, oh, how hard it's going to make the American people and why it's bad this and why it's bad that. You know the one thing I didn't see in any of this? The fact that the uh, Department of Energy is unconstitutional. That the rule is unconstitutional. The rule is void. It's empty. It's meaningless. Because the the, the U.S. Department of Energy does not legally exist. It's not a power delegated to the United States. Therefore, the act that created it is void. That the rules, even if you allow the DOE to exist, the rules are unconstitutional. They are basically creating law outside of the legislative process. That's unconstitutional. They're depriving people of liberty and property without due process of law. That's unconstitutional. Shall I go on? It it violates the the, the 10th Amendment because you're exercising powers not delegated to the United States. That's unconstitutional. And on and on and on. See, what the AGA is doing is saying, don't do this because it'll hurt people. Completely ignoring the fact that, hey, don't do it because it's criminal for you to do so. I haven't read the actual lawsuit, but uh, this is this is the AGA's own news release 
about that suit. So I wonder, are you really expecting this to uh, the American Gas Association to have any real impact? Let's change gears. How about the federal student loan program? You know, that, that illegal con game where uh, Congress uh, embezzles uh, billions of dollars from the American people to bribe students to go to college. And then, um, you know, then the, the, the Biden administration and uh, even the Trump administration to a certain point use that as, as uh, tools to bribe people into supporting them. Yeah, notice bribery, um, it, the uh, embezzlement, those are all crimes. See, starting in March of 2020, um, Donald Trump basically said, we're going to put a pause on these student loans. Now, remember, there's nothing in the Constitution that authorizes the government to make loans. Forget student loans or anything. There's nothing in the Constitution that authorizes Congress or the United States to make loans. So it's unconstitutional, therefore it's void. But they did it anyway because, well, we've been so deceived by the by the lies of attorneys, judges, and politicians that we are tangled in this web of, of um, among other things, student loan debt. So now, after all of this, there were, um, they, they finally uh, said, you know, back in October, it's time for you to start repaying, you know, start making payments again. They paused the payments on the student loans. They had no legal authority to make the loans. This is all criminal. So October of, 20, of last year, they say, uh, you know, okay, you can start, time to start making loans again. Well, of the 22 million people who still owe money on their student loans, 40, four, zero, had not made a payment by mid-November. That's a month and a half. That means there's about 9 million Americans who are not making payments on their student loans, according to the Department of Education. And while most people are reporting on this oh, failure to pay loans and all that, they're ignoring the fact they are only in this tangled web because of the deception that the federal government had the authority to make these loans in the first place. That under President Obama, they had the authority to basically nationalize student loans, to take it over from the banks, to, to go through the, the whole backstopping of the process, all of it. The deception led to this mess. We would not have this mess with paying back student loans if we hadn't fallen for the deception that the federal government had the authority to do this in the first place. Speaking of lack of authority making a tangled web, let's go to the Department of the Interior. See, recently they sent out an internal bulletin to their employees that they, they want to supporting gender transition in the federal workplace. Now, according to documents published by the Heritage Foundation uh, Oversight Product, um, the department says that uh, gender identity is now a protected class under its federal policy. Right, there's problem number one. The, the idea that you get special treatment because of anything, the color of your skin, your actual sex, or whatever weird ideas you happen to have in your head. Now, the document states that, they, that the Department of the Interior is not intended to be overly protective, but then it goes on to establish policies governing 
uh, confidentiality, privacy, dress, appearance, names, pronouns, inclusive language, restrooms, and related facilities, uh, workplace assignments, duties, record-keeping, sick and medical leave, even hiring practices. In other words, now, if you're a protected class, you get special treatment. Let me give you an, an example. Have you ever met somebody that is is um, what really concerned with titles? You walk up to somebody and you introduce them as, as Mr. Smith. They go, no, I'm sorry, that's Dr. Smith. I remember uh, uh, Diane Feinstein getting all upset when a general refer did not refer to her with her title as senator. Now, imagine if that, you know, so if you call somebody Dr., I'm uh, sorry, Mr. instead of Dr., that's fine. But you call someone a he instead of a Z, well, then you can be punished. This is the deception of this whole movement. Now, again, it's one thing to be polite and to treat people um, the way you would want to be treated. But when you're talking about punishing somebody for using the wrong pronoun, when you're talking about uh, allowing somebody to use a, the, gen uh, the bathroom for another gender, ignoring the rights of the people of that gender who want to use that restroom, that's the deception that leads us to this tangled mess of now the Department of Interior setting up rules and guidelines, not about being fair, not about being uh, uh, considering all employees, not about anything related to due process, and considering the rights of everybody involved, but identifying a group of people as special. You're a protected class. You are special. You get special rights. You get special privileges, you get special protections. That's the antithesis of a free republic. But that's the deception we've left lived with so long that we are tangled in this web of, what do I do? Because we refuse to abide by the law, truth, and reality. I including the reality that, um, well, let's just say Congress is is a little mostly with with uh, greedy opportunistic uh pretty nasty people and and one way we see this every year is Senator Paul puts out his festivist report and in the 2023 rest, uh, report he points out a roughly 900 billion dollars of waste in the federal government 900 billion dollars that's just under $3,000 for every man, woman, and child in the United States. Now, Senator Paul points out one thing. He says the, the cost on the debt, the, the, the financing charges on the national debt are just under $660 billion. So we waste more than we use to pay the interest on our debt. Let's look at a couple of examples. Um, there was a study. In two, the, from the NIH, um, they, they had a $2.4 million grant, some of which they sent to researchers at the Georgia Institute of Technology. They issued a subgrant to research in St. Petersburg, Russia, to study, to study forward and backing, uh, backward stepping of cats. So they took money, your money, they sent it to Russia to study cats walking forward and backwards. Then there was the NIH grant um, that uh, uh, spent, was it $33.2 million to support a monkey colony for 3,000 monkeys 
that are being shipped to research facilities across the country. Now, what are these monkeys used for? Well, the Florida lab spent over $400,000 from the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Diseases to study the results of giving female hormones to male monkeys. Apparently, they were studying whether or not transgender monkeys were more susceptible to HIV. There were also examples of uh, uh, propaganda. Uh, the Cyber and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, part of the Department of Homeland Security, well, they worked with groups to develop uh, a series of graphic novels called The Resilience Series, starting with Real Fake, a book about a foreign intelligence operation to spread disinformation concerning a senator in order to influence an election. There was also uh, some $236 million in inaccurate government payments made. Um, this is money that you know, they, they sent the check to the wrong people. They, they sent the check to people who were not eligible for a specific program. And then you've got uh, the, this one. Now, when you, when you do your taxes, you ever see that, that little box that says contribute, contribute $3 to the presidential campaign fund? Right? The idea being that you know, rather than having to raise your own funding, um, you get money from the government. And, of course, there's all sorts of rules if they do that. Well, apparently, the IRS is currently sitting on $400 million in their political campaign war chest that not a ma one major candidate has used. So what do we do with all this information? How do we deal with this tangled web? I'm going to go back to something Jesus said. He said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. See, when we practice deception, whether intentional or otherwise, we create a tangled web of mess. Therefore, the way to get out of the web is to start with the truth. The truth can set you free from this web of lies. But how do you know the truth? That's a, believe it or not, that's something you would think would be fundamental to our education, but is not. The truth, the truth meaning what is, not what we want to be, not what we think it should be, what truly is, the truth, can be identified. I like to use a variation of the uh, the scientific method, right? You you have a theory, you hypothesize, you test your hypothesis, then you modify your hypothesis based on the results of your test. That's the basic scientific process. So when I see something like, um, oh, I don't know, uh, state uh, cities and uh, city mayors and state governors demanding money from the federal government to cover their costs of illegal aliens for their policy of being a sanctuary city or a sanctuary state, the truth is you made this bed, you lie in it. It's not my fault. You made a stupid decision. You make stupid choices, you get stupid results. It's not my fault. I feel for the people who, were, who fell for your lie. The people who came to this country, it broke the law to get here, went to your city or your state because you said you'd protect them when you can't. You start with the truth about, um, I don't know, freedom of speech and the Constitution, the, the different departments of the federal government. You start by finding the truth, and then you learn, hey, these many of these laws, these rules, these regulations, they're void. They're not legally binding. They, they exist because we've all believed the delusion. 
we've all believed the deception that the government can do this. Now, there's two ways you can deal with that. One is to say, I'm simply going to ignore it. The other is to say, listen, I'm hiring you to represent me. And my first question is, are you going to fulfill the oath to support the Constitution? If you cannot show me that you're going to do that, why should I hire you? See, this is 2024. This is an election year. In about 11 months, we're going to be choosing House members, senators, uh, electors for president, governors, uh, district attorneys, mayors, dog catchers, you name it. But many of us are going to decide to vote because, well, it's something that I do. How many of you are going to decide to vote based on their, their fidelity to their oath of office? You see, if you want to stop the deception, if you want politicians to stop lying, you don't start in the District of Columbia. You start in your own backyard. That is what will break the deception, that will break the tangled web. It's not going to be overnight. It's going to take a long time. It's going to take a lot of effort. People are going to call you a lot of names, but it works. It works from my standpoint. I've done it, and in my little corner of the world, things have gotten better. It wasn't easy, but it has gotten better, and you can do the same. Hopefully, you're also going to come back here and join us for the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio network. If you can't listen then, that's okay. All the episodes go to podcasts, generally a day or two after they're heard on talk radio. Listen to your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor, subscribe to the show. Leave us ratings and reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts. Helps other people find the Constitution Study as well. Find all the links you need at the homepage at americaoutloud.news. But as always, please share this information. Share those links. By doing so, you're helping to share the blessings of liberty. 